0: All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop, yo? I don't know. Turn off the lights, and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock the mic like a vandal. Light up the stage like a wax chump, like a candle. Dance. <laughs> Chris, that was
1: amazing. For Like, on the fly, man. It was just You were put on the spot so quickly. But I mean, I haven't heard that track in a while, man. That's pretty good. I
0: think I think you're the only guy that could get me to do that, <laughs> to be honest. Ice, ice, baby.
1: No, that was great, Chris. Thank you so much for opening the show that way, and thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I know that we've we chatted for years on 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 DMs and on Instagrams and back and forth and everything like that. And I'm glad that you're here. So I want to just get to through the creds, Chris. What is what is your official title?
0: Uh, at work? Yeah, I'd be a foreman.
1: You're a foreman, right? Yeah. But you mostly focus on high rise. Is maintenance yes or uh, or commercial maintenance
0: uh, commercial maintenance so it would be um, caulking sealants um, membranes concrete masonry so uh, quite a gambit yeah
1: in in the most awkward positions of structures yes sometimes sometimes yes, sometimes. yes. so the, today's show is going to be really interesting i've been wanting to get you on the show for the longest time because i want to talk about this world that you're in you're a true artist and a professional when it comes to that thank you man and 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 I mean I, I want to share what what you do and how you do it and how you learned it and and I do love that you always give your own feedback on tools and workwear and everything like that and, and you're, you're honest about it and I like that and I truly appreciate that so we're going to talk about that we may talk a little bit about a crypto maybe you yeah. might bring yeah. that up not to kind of it don't worry nobody will be put under the influence it's yeah. just about about sharing some stuff mm-hmm. we may talk just about a few other little things but the, the core of our conversation will be about the maintenance and commercial maintenance and to find Chris you'll find him on Instagram at at hardwork Canada and also your employer is at uh, Excel, which is X-C-E-L, Construction. Yep. That's them, right? And you've been doing this for 15 years.
0: Yeah, I've been about, I was 22 years old. I started doing roofing and then construction just continued. Got into that.
1: Okay So before we get onto that path I just want to give a huge shout out to VentureX The office space that I'm always recording here When I can Sometimes lately I've been actually coming to I've been going to all the guest places And traveling around which is great And you never know In the future there might be a uh, a road trip construction life kind of thing Because I want to start listening And recording conversations from trades from the east and from the west So mm. we'll see what happens For now today we're at VentureX in Oakville It's a great space We just had our great specials location. I love it It's great And uh, so Chris on with the show man yeah over to started. you man like how did so let's get back to the roofing and you got started that way
0: yeah actually um so, so um I did leave my house uh, when I was 16 years old and I uh, ended up dabbling a bit with drugs fortunately nothing too hard but um, I got to a point where I was addicted to cocaine oh yeah so uh, what happened was I put myself uh, at 16 no no I left my house at 16. okay. But I'd say around 22 or so, or 20 years old. I don't really remember. I try not to think too much it, about bring it. Bring it
1: back, bring it back, yeah. But
0: yeah, I went to a Renaissance, um, which uh, Gordon Lightfoot helped set up at Blur and Spadina. And after that... It was construction really that saved my life because I started working and that kept me busy.
1: What was the pull? Like what what, what was the, the at that moment that you knew that you wanted to get into construction because your life was going a certain way? What happened? What Did you see a job site? Did you meet somebody?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, um, I lived in a house and uh, the gentleman that rented it to me uh, owned a commercial high rise building. I won't say the company name. And he brought me in and uh, I got to get on a zoom boom for my first time. He said to me, he said, I'm going to show you how to lay brick. And I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. And he said that his father taught him how to lay brick. Um, he spent a couple of days with me showing me how to do the brick was very positive to how my work looked from there. It just, it was something I wanted to do. And it, it was I saw a future with it as well, right? Was um, it the
1: first time that you were actually visualizing a future, a possibility? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And without having to go to school. Because with the trades, you know, you can jump right in. I'm, sc- I'm not going to say school is bad. It's always good to educate yourself. Yep. And,
1: to yeah. each their own. It depends on where you want to go. School has influenced and helped a, a lot of tradespeople, but yep. also the industry itself has helped and uh, educated a lot of people. Yep.
0: And and, and now I love, I love any education I get, whether... Sometimes I used to do uh, courses online just about new membranes or uh, wall systems or, you know, it's, I, I, I love learning. so
1: You're a doctor. I mean, to be honest, you're I think you're, you're a construction doctor because you come into an, a structure that has already been built, has been occupied, has been weathered. And there's problems. Yeah. So you actually have to go there. You visibly see the problems on the furthest point of, I guess, the facade, right? So Mm -hmm. the finishing of it. But then you have to dissect and figure out. Where is the problem truly?
0: Yeah, and that's what's really interesting, because some jobs I have to work with an engineer. Like, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to Edison engineers. Nice. Very professional. I uh, love working with them. And I know when I'm working with an engineer, I'm learning the the perfect steps, it, you know, because they have to put their name on it, too, after. But some buildings, you don't have an engineer or, like, um a project I did recently, we went in to uh, stop a water leak. They've had two or three different companies in there. Engineers did the work, and it was still leaking. Once, once you take it down on a building, like one area, you sort of learn, like a building's like a like a living, breathing person almost, yeah, right? Is. And they're all different. Like it, it all depends on what the previous construction or, or constructor how they did it and it's there's never one way and it depends on the person that was laying that area as well uh you could have half the building that's not done properly and the would other it be a,
1: a monday friday thing yeah like- yeah
0: it could be that <laughs> okay yeah. i'm just asking
1: <laughs> there's that old age you know thing about how if you're buying a car don't buy a car on monday or friday that kind of depending on the, the person who's assembling yeah. it yeah. so i guess it's applicable yeah. in construction as yeah. well especially in high-rise
0: yeah <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah the the building was so happy that we found um so so i'll do the water testing right from the bottom up to the top after i do the work and before uh to try to isolate where the water's coming and then after after we will do the water test and i know i know that we fixed it the building was just so happy that next thing you know we have an, an, another wall to do and then another wall to do <laughs> right and, and i love that because i To to me, there's a lot of pride when a building wants to call you back because they know that you're doing really good work and they know that you're solving the issue. You're not just temporarily putting a band-aid on it, closing it up, taking your money and running off. Is
1: that the majority of maintenance out there, I guess, when it comes to these structures?
0: I think you do see a lot of that. That's why a lot of buildings will have their own engineer. You know, there's a lot of a lot of community housing buildings I've seen, or, or lower income, where maybe they don't I, they can't afford that, I guess. Um, so they don't come in, and a lot of times the work that I'm repairing is previous work. It's 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 the previous repair work. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: So how many? I'm I'm just trying to get an idea. What's the oldest building that you've worked on? And I guess as what's the youngest building that you've worked on? Oh geez. Because I can assume that your corporation takes you wherever they need to go
0: yeah and that's really one of the best things about this job is my office changes every week <laughs> yeah i see the i see the videos i see so, the views
1: you yeah. get the sometimes the best views yeah until you actually pan and see the swing stage or the boom that you're yeah. in and yeah. you're like uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get used to that yeah but i totally i think the oldest uh was the uft uh engineering building That's a century, if not more, no? Yeah, because it had the, I think, like triple brick behind it, where it had the three different layers. I I didn't do any brickwork on that, but uh, we were doing stones just beside it, the flagstone. And then another would be the Royal Conservatory of Music. I did uh, brickwork on there, the Toronto French School. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, I can name off tons of them. But Um, it's nice. It's actually
1: nice having an occupation in construction where you get to see and touch history yeah yeah right and then be a part of keeping that history because toronto is not and i'll and i've said it before we're not famous for keeping things man we're famous for destroying things and then just building something new yeah and i it frustrates me versus going to cities like boston and chicago and new york and they keep things and they keep things going and lasting right and it's beautiful it's beautiful some of that
0: brickwork the
1: workmanship is insane what's some of the youngest that you've had to go
0: Oh, I uh, don't tell me like less than a decade. Is that? Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, less than a decade. Wow. I'm not gonna say the specific. No, no, no. I know, but but yeah. uh, there was one that was built. Uh, I think within five years, we were back, and their deficiency list. I think it was like twenty million dollars or some or more. It was crazy. Holy cow. Yeah, I I I had to route and seal a couple cracks just in the. The stairwell. And when I went in there with the jackhammer just to chip a little, it just came up like paper mache. The
1: concrete was the just... Con-
0: yeah, so, so soft. and just, Too much water. Too yeah, m- or maybe pouring it during winter. And their whole underground garage was just leaking. It wasn't with the company I work now, so it was a previous company I worked with. I kept telling them we have to solve the water issue from ground level, um, not just band-aid it down here with injections and stuff like that because
1: at that point you're just making it look pretty but then a prettiness is going to get bubbled and moisture is going to get behind and then it's going to be a problem again
0: and if if i recall properly the tenants actually had to pay part of these repairs it was like um
1: why is that? Because, I mean, Toronto is also famous for seriously high maintenance fees. Yeah. In yeah. these structures. So why is it, why at that point, I'm curious. I
0: don't remember exactly, but it was the way they set up how they sold the units or something. You had to take on some responsibility or something, a future. I, I, I don't know exactly. Saving grace for the builder. Yeah, I think so. I think the builder walked away with a lot of money on that one.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, $20 million in, in deficiencies. Yeah.
0: Well, they, the binder was was massive. Massive.
1: So speaking of that, so when you come on a job site, you're given literally a written out scope. Are you given images? Are you given yep. possibilities of what the problem may be?
0: It depends on uh, on the project. Generally, if I'm working with an engineer, everything's going to be, uh, there's going to be a scope uh, of work and detailing for how the work's going to be um, installed. Uh, the company I work for, Excel, um, if it's one of one of their own jobs a lot of times they'll give me a written thing as well but a lot of times we'll just discuss it on the phone and you know we just keep in communication with what's going on
1: they'll give you a parameter of how long they think it might take or you voice up how long yeah
0: and i i'm a little bad that way because I, i i do i don't want to say take my time but i don't like to rush things so Generally if anybody asks me if it's going to take if they say it's going to take 4 days I say give me 5 or 6.
1: Joe, <laughs> you know, it makes more sense, right? Plus also you got to deal with seasonal. Yeah. And I guess weather is dependent
0: as well too. Weather's dependent. There's so many different things in restoration that can pop up. Because until you really start taking it apart, do you really know the amount of time it's going to take. you
1: don't you don't yeah. you You can only based on your experience yeah. you get a, an idea of it but then it could be worse than what you thought yeah and then same thing whoever first assessed it yeah. they really don't know unless they start cutting out a section of it to yeah. see how far back it is
0: well i i just did a project the condo was built by a home builder a pretty good home builder but it was their first commercial building and so there, there was a couple mistakes, I guess. Um, but w- what they did here was once I took down the brick facade wall, they had just the, the, the metal studs exposed with... Uh, the
1: interior metal studs?
0: Yeah. yeah with, and then you could touch the, the... They had the vapor barrier, plastic vapor, but you could touch their inside wall once I took that down. Oh, wow. And it was just um, the fiberglass, you know, the insulation. Yeah. In, and then on the bottom... Uh, two feet they basically had a piece of metal and and they blue skinned that for through-wall flashing but it didn't make any sense because if any of your sealant or any of your caulking starts failing above it runs down the slab runs it behind yeah and yeah. runs behind it so
1: so they're not continuing the building seal
0: yeah so so that was the problem with this buildings so basically we put up the dense glass then we uh, we through wall flash it Uh, And I also put a piece of flashing metal on the bottom and then Mm. refill the brick in.
1: But But that was the one unit. So were you suspect to think?
0: Yeah. Um, So we did another section and it was the same thing. Same thing. Yeah.
1: So at that point, you tell your employer.
0: Yeah. And and unfortunately, have to tell the the property manager, too, that this is the situation, right? It's such
1: a shame, Chris, because the thing is, like, when you're building the structure, that's at the moment that you can do it properly. Yeah. At the least expensive amount instead of doing it this way, where yeah. you've got to get people to come in and assess and then do it and discover.
0: Well, and, and it's and to just uh, mobilize on a site like that, you're going through penthouse apartments. So, yeah. well, you know, I have a boom parked out on the road. It's going up four stories to where we get off on a balcony. It's difficult. There's to, a lot of work. Yeah, there's a lot of work.
1: And then, you, yeah, you're bringing material. You Well, you're bringing debris down. You're bringing material up. You're bringing tools up, yeah.
0: and that's one section.
1: That's one section.
0: So, so in that situation, I suggested to the to the property manager to make sure all their sealants and everything are are always always um they're always looking at it because that's going to be the first area where the water is going to come in. And once that starts getting in to those areas, it's it's you know
1: yeah. I mean, like Chris, like correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't these structures the windows? the framing i guess the sills everything it's all designed for mother nature to i guess wick in but wick out yeah but if it's not built properly or if it's not not necessarily built if it's not assembled properly then you let mother nature in and mother nature stays in and we all know what happens when that happens and that's when you get a phone call
0: yeah then you get mold you get efflorescence on your bricks um where the salts are starting to evaporate out the brick. A lot of bad things, especially with the freeze and thaw. Winter. Yeah, that's the
1: weather. Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden you get some extreme weathers and yeah. that's what's going on. Okay, so I mean, right I, I wanna talk about, I know you're a Bosch guy. Yes. I'm curious on why you're a Bosch guy. Like, oh,
0: I, I'm glad you asked that actually. <laughs> I'm pretty resourceful. Um, it's just sort of how I learned to survive when I was younger. And so I used to do a lot of contesting. One one day I received a package in the mail. It was from Be The Pro. Okay. Um, and that was a forum that Bosch had set up for people to discuss construction, contractors and stuff and I received this package and I forgot I even signed up for it but I had uh, drill bits in it and all this different stuff and I thought wow that's amazing I'm in construction you know to receive this is amazing
1: you're gonna use these yeah
0: yeah and 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 it, it was just in my alley right you know I'm not winning like I've done contests where I win diapers or something it's like <laughs> you know like <laughs> one day yeah Yeah, you know maybe yes <laughs> one day yeah, one day okay but um so so yeah so uh, and I wasn't a big forum guy, even though I'm very computer savvy. Um, but I went into this forum. I never left. Well, I'm not there any longer. But uh, the only time I left was when I went over to Instagram. Okay. And then I brought sort of everything over to Instagram. But uh, Bosch was the sponsor there. It was absolutely amazing. It was. Um,
1: they were speaking directly to you. Yeah. To tradespeople, yeah. to service people. Yeah. yeah. And
0: homeowners too. Okay. But but they really. I don't remember
1: the Be the Pro program. Like, how long ago was this?
0: This was. Uh, it's probably been running for the past ten years. Okay. Eight All years. Right. Still going on? Uh, no. Okay. I, th- I think now they're shutting it down. But right. Black Ladder was a sponsor on there. Um, I like Black Ladder and Sweden. Not too fond of the North American brand. Well, that's. It's funny <laughs> you bring
1: that up because I do have a workwear show coming up. I'm going to be talking to Adele over at. Uh, uh, workwear safety uh so he sells black ladder he sells snickers he sells cars. Oh, snickers yeah, yeah snickers yeah. Are, i know that yeah. we had our banter back and yeah. forth and and i'll share that uh, i mean i'll share that story with him with adela he knows all about it how i was a black ladder guy yeah because snickers wasn't in town it just they took they literally took a while to get into town and it, i'm telling i'm telling everybody right now it had something to do with the chocolate bar yeah <laughs> As the chocolate bar company was preventing Snicker Workwear from getting into this country. Are
0: you being serious? I'm being very serious.
1: Okay. I am being very, very yeah. serious because uh, Snickers' name mm-hmm. in North America is a chocolate bar. Yeah. Snickers' name globally is Workwear. Wow. Okay. Right? That's how different it was. Yeah. And Snickers, the chocolate bar, was preventing it. Ultimately, they came up with a resolution and Snickers came into town. Right on, And that's it. But, I mean, Black Ladder's got some great products as yep. well, too. I, I agree with you that I, I in the beginning, I guess, when I got started in construction, Carhartt was the name. Yeah. And it was great wearing Gumby cardboard outfits. <laughs> like, it was just so tough and so rigid and it was so uncomfortable. It's gotten better. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I but totally, it, totally. And it's whatever works for you. Yeah. Right. But you are on a you you're in unique situations all the time. And also you are in weather situations all the time. Yeah. And nothing hurts more than working when you're cold and wet. Yeah. So you are conscious of what to wear and how to wear and layers. It's funny how that you're basically building science, your own body to Mm -hmm. do the work that you're doing on the building.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is hard to prepare sometimes just because you're doing hard work. And then uh, so you're sweating. You got to take off layers. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then it's fall. It's, you know, only five degrees out or whatever. You got to put a put a top back on. Back to the point of Black Ladder and Snickers is, yeah, it's great to have really professional looking workwear. Functional. Me, Functional, too. Yeah. Like Like, IHL just came out with, uh, or didn't just come out with it, but they have their Dura Drive gear. I saw that, yeah. And it's it's a, a much lower price point. Is it good? I I, I liked it. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, I have their pants and uh, one of the shirts they sent me, very comfortable. The pants do have the, the side pockets and, and, you know, all that extra jazz, uh, the knee pad slots. But the price point is really low. So that's good for... Because not everybody can go out and afford 200, 200 bucks pants,
1: right? <laughs> I know. They're expensive, yeah. man. Like, if you want to outfit yourself, yeah. if you're going either Black Ladder or Snickers. Yeah. For a week's worth of workwear, you're paying a few thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, jacket, yeah. pants, knee pads. Like, it starts to add up real quick, man.
0: But it, it, it also, to me, if you put that into how you dress, it also reflects on possibly the work that you're going to do.
1: I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. So then that's how you got into with Bosch because they sent off that kit there and then you just needed more tools and then you started buying more and more.
0: Yeah, they had a point system when you did reviews or you posted to the forum. You get points and then you could actually redeem them. So I redeemed. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I, I probably have 20 L boxes just from that. Oh, wow. And I got it. I got a. I got a a few thousand dollars in tools just from reviews and stuff like so that. So, giving
1: them honest feedback about their products.
0: Yeah. And even just, and not even just their products, because the forum, I could post about uh, practices that I do in construction and that would get points also. Oh. So, it didn't have to be Bosch specifically. Just trade or
1: even just, just industry. Tr-
0: yep. Yeah,
1: oh, That's very, very cool.
0: And the Bosch stuff lasts forever. So yep. that's, you know, I can beat it up. I can leave it in the rain. Not that, not that I want to.
1: But if it gets caught.
0: Oh, yeah. And and I generally don't have a problem. Like, I, I still have some of my original tools that I got from that, uh, like a rotary hammer, a cordless rotary hammer. The chuck's a little loose, but I can still take out brick. I was taking out brick just uh, beside the Skydome yesterday. With really? It, so
1: still works yeah, corded still, or
0: cordless uh, cordless
1: cordless yeah. you got i guess in your industry you got to go cordless but you still need some power source somewhere because you're going to have to keep the batteries going
0: yeah the good thing about swing stage so suspended access equipment is you always have power um, yeah it's
1: always connected yeah
0: but cordless because you're jumping around the different spots if you're on a boom or something and a lot of times you can't plug it in on the ground or those plugs don't work yeah. so cord cordless is uh, it's good to have on hand for sure
1: have you gotten into i know that all the tool companies have been trying to get to the tracking and the maintenance reporting and diagnostic and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. the problem is that when i see it when i'm when i kind of read about it this is just too difficult and then lately i've just been noticing apple's got their little uh, keychain thing Mm -hmm. and people are attaching it to all the dog collars for their pets so then they can find them right yeah and that just seems really really simple and i'm just wondering you think the tools eventually get there because a lot of guys i guess milwaukee at first started introducing it bosch has had introduced it yep. as well but i really to be honest i don't see any trades people really using it
0: i agree i haven't seen anybody use it i i thought it was still in a testing phase to be honest it's out
1: there it's yeah. in the market it, yeah, it the, comes the
0: one key i guess milwaukee.
1: yeah yeah that's what it is so it comes but i just don't yeah. see and i know that it was um i'm trying to remember if it was Yeah, it was jeff i think he was showing me a really cool feature for Ford Transit vans mm-hmm. where he's got an app that he knows exactly where all of his vans are at any given point
0: oh, that's, and place yeah. in the city. Yeah,
1: And I'm like, that's kind of cool. He goes, yeah, see right there? That van's right there yeah. in my driveway. That van there is on the job site right there. Yep. So he could read it. And I'm like, that's a cool feature. I didn't know that about that, uh, about Ford. I still wouldn't buy a Ford, but that's just
0: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where else you want to go from here with the maintenance? I mean, I guess it's, a, it's an interesting industry. Sealants are big for you.
0: Uh, yeah, sealants are big. I'm doing a lot of membranes with, with XL, so I enjoy doing those. Uh, I don't really like being stuck in an underground garage. I'd rather be on uh, the, the side view. of a building the 30 better. stories in the air. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I do enjoy the membrane system. What types of membrane systems are you using? Uh, we've been doing the Puma, uh, so Tremco.
1: Are these like epoxy, yeah, two-parter? Po- yeah, and then you throw it on a membrane. Is
0: it a carbon fibered or a mesh? Uh, no, the last one we used was the Tremco product. And then we uh, it was two or three layers. And we broadcast sand in it. And then you have to roll it in after. So it was a parking garage membrane. Relatively easy. The, the hardest, uh, as long as you follow all the steps. And we're always talking with reps. So like with Tremco, we have um, I have Sean. And Sean will be my rep that I can talk to through the whole process. So if I have any questions, I give him a call. He
1: knows about it. Yeah,
0: and he knows. Um, this
1: is Tremco Caulking Sealants Company. Yeah. So they've yeah. come up with this membrane. Yeah. And this is a roll of what? Like, I'm not familiar with it. So a roll of 36 inches or something? Or uh,
0: is- No, no, no. It's actually a liquid.
1: Oh, a liquid. So yeah. you're, you're rolling it on, brushing it yeah. on?
0: Yeah, uh, you can squeegee it on, and then after you broadcast, you'll roll. There's all... like. Depends There's, on what the application. Yeah, yeah.
1: That those membranes are designed to assist with the waterproofing or sealing of the structure.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna seal the slab, and it also provides a grip for the cars. Um, And for people walking and...
1: Applicable horizontally and vertically? Or is it just mainly uh, horizontal?
0: I've only used it on floors. On floors, okay. Uh, We we do do a small upturn, so I guess that would be vertically as well then. Okay. Because you always do an upturn with it as well.
1: And you're throwing silicon sand in it? Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. Yes,
0: and then you'd roll it.
1: You're creating like a texture. You're creating a textured uh fluorine right yes because yes. of you want non-slip i mean that's the idea behind it
0: Yes. Yeah, sorry what i was trying to think of though is that the prep is the most important that's you know the mixing and the rolling of the membrane isn't too difficult you usually have a pot life though so you might have 15 minutes to get that out or five minutes to roll it and on. you're
1: mixing it in what, like gallon yeah. proportions?
0: Yeah. And One
1: it, gallon at a time? And you,
0: and you have guys running back and forth oh, and you, guys squeegeeing. Oh, so and you're
1: sweating here. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, panicking yeah, to yeah. get it all going. Oh, yeah. You,
0: you. If you screw up the membrane system, it's going to cost a lot of money.
1: Going back to the prep, though, <laughs> so are you removing an existing membrane at that point? Yes. And you have to get to bare concrete
0: yes, again? Yes, yes. And, and then you have to clean the concrete? Yeah and then if you see any cracks you have to route and seal or patch them yeah
1: so what's the rule when it comes to any concrete cracks and i don't want this information to be given to DIYers out there because you guys should definitely hire a professional because if you start seeing cracks in your own home or your garage or whatever you see a crack how do you dissect that crack how do you fix that crack
0: there's different ways Uh, the route and seal is a very popular one so you'll you'll take a, a diamond blade a concrete blade and you basically will cut it, cut it open more. And then how much
1: bigger do you want to make it or do you need to make it?
0: You definitely want to get rid of anything that's loose. So you can take like a hammer or something or a concrete. If it's on the floor, you can use a chain and you can drag it around and you'll hear just by the sound uh, where there's brittle concrete. Uh, it's got that
1: the, echoey kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah tapping. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, it's pretty interesting when you use the chain on like a slab because you'll just It'll sound like crackers almost. It'll have a regular. I've never done that. That seems no? so
1: you what do you got, like a three foot long just chain link or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. You can just use a, a chain link and you just drag it on because a lot of the guys will use a hammer, but then you got to sit there and you got to hammer. Top, top. Or you're dragging the head of the hammer on it, but it's easier just to sort of use a chain I like the and, chain idea.
1: Yeah. How'd you get that one or you came up with uh,
0: that? I saw an engineer do it. So mm,
1: yeah. it's good to hang yeah. out with the engineers, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I love to pick their brain. Yes. Uh, I also like when I get. juniors on because I'll even if they're not a junior I will always go through with them what I think I see like uh, on Friday we were doing the a water test uh, beside the sky dome there for one of the condos before the engineer even got there I was already going looking at it taking pictures of the efflorescence So so when he comes on the site, I'm already talking about what I saw possibilities, you know I even said um, look at this wall. I said I bet you those headers are, are are not real and i said ah just joking around right but in restoration a lot of times so instead of wall ties right uh your bricks will go into the wall as like a header yeah but in restoration a lot of times they don't put those back they cut them and they just leave them there they'll make a half and they have the fakes but this wall that i was working on is a brand new wall so it's it's like a fresh build it hasn't been uh restored or anything but when we did open it up it was half half bricks so
1: so somebody was just cutting corners, literally. Yeah, yeah. Not even a brick tie or not even... Uh,
0: we did see brick ties below.
1: But not on the turnaround. Well, I guess it wouldn't make any difference yeah. at that
0: point. We, I didn't even look that far in because we we're looking at for, for water damage near the bottom. There was two brick ties on the flagstone I sort of took out. But otherwise for the brick I didn't see any there. I'm Man. sure I'm sure there there has to be some in that wall. There has, because <laughs> they, they
1: probably brought the box on site so the inspector can see it. But the yeah. thing is they didn't see if it was being installed assemb- back to the assembly.
0: And and the funny thing about that wall is if you go to the other side, it is so intricate. Like the amount of time they took with these little bricks and pieces to make like artwork out of the brick is phenomenal. And then on the other side it was almost like Like I think in my brain they were saying, okay, Let's just get the side up and get out of here. So was something. it
1: a new guy, an old guy, or was it just Monday, Friday? Yeah. Well, well, we don't know, right? No, clue. no clue. You guys are almost like forensic <laughs> construction doctors. You, yeah. Like yeah. you literally come in NCIS or something like yeah. that and yeah. and figuring out what exactly happened here.
0: And and I love it. That's the best part of it. because Problem solving, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and the building has a problem. Generally, like um, I was talking before about the steel studs and mm-hmm. how the water was going in. There was a lady there that she was. I think she was older, but she had cancer, and she had this water leak coming through her living room in her apartment for for years and years. So when I fixed that for her, how happy she was! I can imagine to finally get rid of that bucket in her living room.
1: Oh, it was like a constant state yeah. of dripping. Yeah.
0: And other people had tried to repair it already and didn't repair it. So and then the floors had to be taken out to see that person that happy that it's been fixed. And then other people in the building happy for her. The building happy to me. It's it's just it's amazing.
1: It's It's a constant state of stress. I know people that have these condos and then. There's a problem that happens, whether it's a mechanical where someone's flooded from another unit or if it's Mother Nature and it's gone into the building. It is some serious stress, man. And then the insurance companies, they're not quick moving machinery. Right. So then they kind of have to assess. They have to figure it out. And they don't want to start replacing finished material until things are done. So then it makes more sense at that point. Because so I guess she was living with a bucket and they wouldn't fix her floors until you solve this. You got it.
0: That's exactly it. So
1: it's like, can you imagine coming home and seeing that all the time? It's a constant state of reminder, and you're just going, oh, "I'm
0: fed up. I'm fed up." And and just the fact that uh, two other companies already tried to fix it and didn't.
1: It's a shame because I guess you're getting these companies come in, they assess it, they do something, they're compensated for their work,
0: but but how well, like you have to test it there's a process to you're going it. right back
1: to where it was yeah. it, nothing's changed
0: and they should have been water testing you know you water test before you water test after you water test again if you need to but right? okay
1: speak about water testing because i know that there's a, a way to water test mm-hmm. you can't just pretend that it's mother nature and just you're going to get a hose and just run water on it how do you dissect your water testing
0: there's a lot of different ways, and uh, I probably don't even know them all. Negative pressure in the units very important, so um, engineers will set that up quite often. So you're taking the air out of the out of the unit. Uh, you- you basically install like a fan in the door yeah. and this will help uh, i guess draw the water in faster to where there's leaks but generally how i'll do it if uh, if there's no engineer involved in that sense is basically just starting low uh, if i think it's uh on the wall or the uh, or above i'll actually just start on the uh on the tiles first on the on the floor the patio oh, stones
1: the, the ba- okay so the balcony itself yep
0: yeah and see I, if
1: anything comes out and how long are you run it for it just to
0: it depends five minutes for each section generally like if you're doing the it's sort of hard to say but yeah about five minutes for you know five square foot or something you just want
1: to get an idea of it
0: yeah it, it all depends really um because if you already know where the issue is, when we do the water test uh, at the end, I'll just do five minutes on certain sections as I work my, my way up the wall. But yeah, when you're, when you're first trying to find it, you could sit there and flood it for 20 minutes on the patio stone because you want to make sure you're eliminating something... Um, that you're not possibly thinking of because y- you can just spray the area or something and water's coming from somewhere else. It's so. true.
1: And you're doing this before you actually open any of it up? Yep. Or Because yep. you got to see where yep. potentially it is.
0: Yep. With the through wall flashing I, I did uh, with the brick removal, we took the facade down, we water test before then when I put the through wall flashing up, I used the seam sealer and did that and let it cured. We we water tested again. And then even once I had my first courses of bricks in with the weepers uh, to let the water out, I tested with the water to see how it flow. And then at the end, we tested again. But
1: Man, you guys are really like forensics, man. Like, it's, it's forensics construction, man. Yep. Like this is not like this is a serious thing.
0: And it's it's really interesting. Like I I, I love this work.
1: Because you're challenged to get to the end. You're challenged yeah. to get to the result of yeah. the problem. Yeah. And then I guess have you ever gotten to a point where you haven't gotten to that point or you haven't gotten to the end? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of put you on the spot a little bit, but I guess it's I, I, you solved it, but then maybe it's it's just from wear and tear over the years, right?
0: Yeah, I guess the only thing you not getting to the end would be the amount of money the building has to spend. Okay. So you would get what is uh, where the actual leak is happening, but generally you don't you don't start repairing areas that aren't to that to decay yet. And I guess that would be how it, Got would, it. right? Cuz yeah. cuz in a building um a lot of, a lot of times you know the areas that show up in five years, it's going to be the other, other areas yep. of the building. Now,
1: well, that's so. what happens when you, if you come in, fix an area, you may push the problem to other areas that haven't been repaired. Yep. And so at that point, you go back to what you just said, where it's really about building maintenance and the fund that's attached to that and how much we can do. Yep. I almost feel like there should be a referee for all these buildings, these structures, that if you uncover a problem, you either give a yellow card for yep. all you footballers out there globally, <laughs> you give a yellow card to the manufacturer of the product or you give a yellow card to the the builder that was before that did it. There's got to be some accountability held yep. to the previous person who did this, who mm-hmm. let this problem happen. Otherwise, I, I guess the, the real truth of it is. It would cost too much money to do it properly, like completely
0: properly at the time.
1: Is that the idea?
0: You mean like once we're starting the job?
1: No, Builder itself. Oh, build. like, I've yeah. always joked that, you know, minimum code for Ontario building code or any building code is, all, is like a glass of water on the edge of a table. That's minimum code. Mm-hmm. But we always want to put a glass of water in the center of the table mm-hmm. and that would be better code yep. because then we could protect ourselves. So are they cutting these little corners because they're trying to save some dollars because that's how they tendered the job out and saying this is what it's going to cost. So now you've cut these corners going, it's going to fail in five years, 10 years or whatever, it's going to fail. I mean, you got to wonder about those historical buildings that you've worked on before. You're working on structures that are a century old and they have problems, but they don't have these kinds of problems. You're right, yeah. So I mean, yep. you imagine if those builders were building the way that the builders of today are building, yep. those structures wouldn't even be around. Yep. The brick failures yep. and just eroding, they they would be gone. Like they would just be photographs at that point. And we've got buildings that are falling apart way too soon.
0: It's also the uh, I think the, the amount of time it takes to build a building now. The you, clock is
1: ticking. You, you'll
0: see a building go up, and it's, oh, it's insane. It's, 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 just flies up it's all metal and glass now they don't use the masonry and the brick as much and then when you have that much glass too and metal you're gonna start having leaks just just in your 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 sealants on your windows and stuff. I've I've seen that happen in under four or five years on new buildings. So
1: just on the sealants itself. Just so on that, sealants. That's where the source of the problem was.
0: Yeah, just not, not proper uh, installation uh, originally, right?
1: Let's talk about the sealants, man. Let's talk because what are you mostly using these days? Are you are you making the final decision, or is the engineer or the building specing out what you're gonna use?
0: Um, and when I work with uh, Edison or some of the engineers they will say uh, exactly, they'll spec out exactly what they want us to use and generally that's because of their knowledge on uh, how those sealants or caulking um, reacts with other materials we're using. Like if you have, um, say you're using a Henry seam sealer you don't want to have caulking touching that, it has to be a specific caulking then um, for those two to work together. Generally, if I'm doing um, caulking myself, like around windows or something, it'll be um, you know a Tremco product or um,
1: and you're uh, using sausages, I guess, yeah, Yeah. or Dow product, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, with the Henrys, I'm just assuming that you've got your waterproofing layer, you've got your aluminum extrusion, I guess, for your windows. Mm-hmm. Your framing of the glass, or whatever mm-hmm. you got mechanical fasteners for any of the glass panels or yep. stone panels, yep. and then you're fastening through that sealant, and then you have to seal the windows themselves, every single one, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, how big of a bead of caulking are you guys doing?
0: Well, see, uh, I never actually will install the windows, right? It's always the restoration. Yeah, but, but you're
1: picking out whatever was failing, and yeah. then you have to repair yeah. at that point. Yeah. So you're just there to make it look like as if it was never repaired. Yes, yes. Okay, I got it. Yeah. And there's any techniques when you're way up
0: there? Like, are you... Techniques is not to make sure you're not dropping stuff. Um, you know, that <laughs> I didn't even realize I don't know, I totally forgot about that, huh? You know, one one small tool could kill someone or yeah. you know, could could really uh, have some bad consequences. But yeah, I know when you're up there I, I like the swing stage because you know you can look at it this way. You know, you go say you're say you're just chipping concrete, you get to the job site in the morning. You got about five minutes to go in the trailer and then you have the jackhammer in your hand and you're ch- 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 and you're working. And you're working. But with the swing stage, you gotta go up to the roof. You gotta make sure all your rigging's okay. You gotta fill in the paperwork. Then you load up your swing stage. Then you might have a nice, you know, 30, 40 story ride up to the top, you know, until you get to your work, right? Then you have this beautiful view and then you then you start your work it's that like no one's there to bother you no one can you know unless somebody has binoculars down on the ground or, <laughs> and we used to joke around about bosses doing that right they're but, just watching from yeah, below yeah with the binoculars but uh yeah there's no one there to bother you or and you just do your work and you know it's very
1: and you got to be updated with all your swing stage and safety and how often do you guys you have to do that
0: I think it's every three years. Now. Okay, every three years.
1: Yeah. Are they? I, I haven't been on a swing stage in the longest time. Probably way really back in my film days, right? We we're using zoom booms and swing stages and stuff like that. But it was always about uh, the the rigging and the, the knots and the ropes and the safety and all kind. And you guys have all that stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Well, the, the good thing now is they've dumbed that down a lot for the trades. So. Um, uh, our tie backs, um, so if we have a davit arm on the roof or a beam that's going to connect to our suspension lines for our motors that our, our stage uh, hangs on, uh, those tie backs will go to a 5,000 pound uh, engineered anchor. Um, they all have to have their own anchors, but they used to use Crosby clamps. Yeah. So, but the problem with that was um, there used to be a saying never saddle a dead horse. Your live, uh, you'd have to make sure the saddle's put on properly, right? Like you don't want you don't want the the saddle on the. Um on the dead on the dead end you yeah i'm, I'm trying
1: line. i'm trying to visualize sure. yeah so there's, there's actually a way to do and it's kind of hard to say it on an audio yeah. here but it's it's a, it's a visual thing mm-hmm. that you have to just pay attention to that and some guys i guess are so quick to get the day started that they forget that little detail
0: and that's your 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 backup for yeah to, to protect your life so now they just made a clamp that it doesn't matter how you do it and uh, and then when it comes to tying ropes, yeah, you used to have to do special knots and stuff. And if you weren't doing them every day, they were hard You'll to forget. You'll oh, yeah. forget.
1: I mean, Double back in the lines. day. Yeah, the, oh, man, like I, you used to do it. You would practice on lunch breaks. You would yeah. do this. And, and I, I swear to you, it'd be interesting to ask anybody in the trades listen, just do me a. And they'll go, like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah. Here's a granny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but now it's all clips true so you don't tie everything has to have a clip you clip it on the anchor and that's it and the difference now too is whenever you get a swing stage the company has to provide their own lifelines oh really It used to be that the lifelines would come with the rental of the stage they took Um, the
1: liability off of them yeah
0: yeah and and you know a lot of guys don't don't really take care of their ropes. You know, that's something you you, you don't want to have them cut. You don't want yep. to start getting concrete yep. all on them. You don't want to be throwing them around, leaving them in pools of water. You want to make sure you're always keeping the memory in a nice circle when you're yep. wrapping. Yep. And, Bagged, and, sealed, Yeah, and, and a, I know. A lot of guys don't, or and, sorry, I shouldn't say guys, a lot of trades people yeah, don't do that. They're
1: just not, or it, it, they want to get the job done. And then it's time and maybe yeah. they're being paid meal
0: oh yeah and I I can understand that yeah. right
1: so yeah. then I don't have time to pay attention to that but then you are gonna have to use that rope again in, yeah. in a future job and yeah. that's where that's your lifeline literally lifelines yeah. yeah that's interesting so
0: I I just did a repair so what happened was this was downtown by the sky is is window washers set up their swing stage I think it was and uh this building doesn't have beams on the roof so they have what you call davit arms. Okay. So they're they're basically built onto the roof. You'll stand them up, you know, you'll you'll put your pins in and stuff, but that's where your stage will hang from. You don't have to bring weights to the roof and do all the rigging. It's it's very nice, but So what happened is uh, it was six o'clock in the morning. The window washers, uh, I was told, was going up in the elevator to check their rigging. The crane from the building uh, adjacent to us swung around and they had their stage back because it was part. So it was sort of pulled off the building. So their lines come away from the building, which is generally what you do at night because you don't want the lines hitting the building and causing damage. But the crane swung around, it caught the lines. It actually ripped the davit arm off the roof, uh, when it, when, when, wow, <laughs> it destroyed the parapet wall. So the flashing and everything up there, it was my job to rig to fix us. So we actually had to carry uh, all our motors and swing stage parts uh, through a 30, uh, the 35th story penthouse. So we actually had to go through the tenants and then build it on a slab that was 35 stories in the air to ride it up two more to fix this parapet, oh right? Oh, And I made sure all my lines were all nicely up and, and away because the crane was still working there. So. Was the
1: crane op just not aware or just didn't see it or what was this?
0: He probably didn't see it because those lines are pretty invisible.
1: Yeah. And they're a distance away too, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. Well, the crane gets pretty close to the building i guess. no no his oh.
1: seat his actual position on the oh, crane yes, yes. he's yeah. got some distance yeah. away and he's not thinking top of the morning yeah. i'm going to hit the davit arm right yeah no <laughs> odds are odds are well here you go go buy a ticket now at that point i mean i got to wonder how nice are the tenants when you have to come in through their building through through their homes
0: to be honest,
1: <laughs> they're pe- pretty good.
0: People are really good. They yeah. and they usually don't complain to me. They'll complain back to somebody else. The, the building property, maintenance yeah. or
1: supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Generally, if you if you have a good attitude with people, you're coming in to fix something that is for them.
1: They've been waiting.
0: They've been waiting. Or and, and it's just like you're you're Fixing a problem of theirs, so how can they be mad that you're sort of there? But yeah, I always try to be really respectful. It's like when I first started the industry, you're riding up the swing stage, you're going by everyone's everyone's (laughs) units, right? So people would be like, "I'm sure
1: there's some stories there, Chris." Oh yeah, and they'd be people would be like,
0: "Chris, look at this," and I'd always I always try when I ride up to not look at any. You're
1: distracting a person who's operating a piece of machinery. (laughs) Not a good mix. Yeah, and, and, and I always
0: just, to me, that's being professional right? yes like, that's like, true i don't want to see a guy riding up on a stage and he's eyeballing my collection of whatever yeah. through the window you yeah, know what i mean yeah, i want yeah. him to be thinking about work and riding by right at least that's
1: how <laughs> i see it right so <laughs> well, that's how you're training the new guys i guess the new trades people that, that want to get into this business
0: definitely definitely you know it's it's always teamwork i'm very weird with work that way is uh i, I don't take any shit <laughs> okay So whether it's from the boss or the owner... You hold your own. Yeah, I hold my own. And I sort of do my own thing as long as, you know, everyone sort of agrees. But yeah, it's very important when I work with people to teach as much as I can. If I can pass that on, it probably... It's not going to take as long as it took for me to learn it. Because it might have been, you know... 10 bad mistakes for me to learn that. And if I can pass that on to someone because they trust me, I don't know, sort of justice for all the mistakes I made,
1: right? Possibly. But I mean, also, your industry is not really high on the list, no pun intended, of people wanting to get into it because of, I mean, I'm going to say right off the bat, it's hard work. Like you're lugging a lot of gear upstairs, whether you're going through. You have to be a people person. Yep. You have to be accommodating to the tenants that you're working for and their units. And then you have to fix the problems. And mm-hmm. then also Mother Nature, then the heights, then the safety, then the insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's not high on the list of a lot of trades people who are trying to get in. So I guess when you get people that want to get in, you want to paint the best picture possible for them to understand that this is a very satisfying career yeah yeah totally
0: if you get on a swing stage and you don't have some fear and you're going up 40 stories you're crazy yeah you know what
1: I mean? you <laughs> but, gotta have some but fear. yeah man. you
0: you always have some fear but it it what it really comes down to too is just always um double checking things you know D- always checking your pants redundancy a good, man. Yeah, a yeah good procedure redundancy exactly
1: yeah that's yeah. all it is if yeah. you keep on doing that then you might find the problem on the second time yeah. or the third time yeah. and then That'll save you yeah. or somebody else. You ever get an opportunity, or I guess, does Excel ever work with CN Tower?
0: Uh, no. I think the company that does that, if I'm correct, is Restorer's Group. They have that uh, swing stage. I think it's sort of round. Catered or custom
1: or whatever to custom, it. Custom, huh? yeah. Does that thing falling apart? I don't know. I, I just see that thing lasting forever. But. yeah.
0: Oh, the CN Tower? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just maintenance they do. That's all Um, it is. Yeah, I think. I I don't know much about the project. That would be interesting. I'd like to do that. I I was just going to ask you, are there any
1: structures in Toronto that you would actually like to talk? Or even any structures around the world? that you'd like to tackle?
0: It's, well, I, when I first started the industry, well, a couple of years into it, I did a project uh, with PCL. So
1: They're a huge builder yeah. here. Yeah,
0: and so they brought in, uh, they had painters and uh, all these different groups, and I was part of the, um, sort of the removal of the caulking. But we were working on the four buildings there that are sort of the the TD towers, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. And they
0: were doing the lead project. So I think the one building we're working on was 52 stories. But uh, what we had to do there is we actually took the elevator up to the 30th floor or whatever. Uh, They had no offices in there. And they just had special windows that were all cautioned off. And they would have shuttle stages there, so smaller stages. And then you'd have to step onto a scale. You'd have to weigh yourself, fill in everything, uh, fill in all your tools and all that. And then you'd climb out this window 30 stories up. And that's where you'd start your journey up, right? (laughs) Whoa. So you'd get on, about six of you would get on, or I think it was six or four, would get on these shuttle stages. They would go up. So we went up to the top where the louvres were. And then there would be really, really long stages. So basically, a full ring around the building. The whole building, yeah. Yeah, and from up there, if I when I looked down, the the streetcar was tiny. Yeah. Like it was. You get a little vertigo up there. <laughs> I can imagine. But um, that was an interesting building, definitely to work on. Um, so because- such
1: precautions, eh? Like you're weighing every member that's gonna get on there, yep. what you're bringing on there, yep. because there's limitations on those stages. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's that's one of the biggest things is people uh, pushing swing stage,
1: which you shouldn't really be. Is there a tolerance or like, do you stay away 10, 15 or whatever percent? There,
0: there is tolerances. Like, um, like if you go to, um, say, your connectors for your suspension lines, they're usually like 10 to 1. I think your weight ratios and stuff are about 4 to 1. So you have to really screw up. But some of the stages, are, they're not meant for that much weight. You know, you got to have a hoist to hoist up bricks. But generally, you'll just see, you know, you might see guys are moving railings and you'll see four people on a stage you're already over the weight for that stage what you're <laughs> supposed to be then they're loading up the glass railings on a stage and so on and so forth generally what you see from that is you don't see the stage is really failing or anything uh you see the motors start to slip a bit stress
1: just stress on the mechanics
0: yeah and so you might have to replace the motors but you know, I I don't want my motor ever slipping or moving or <laughs> no. <laughs> when I tell it to stop, it stops. Right?
1: Yeah, so you don't want to stop, and all of a sudden it starts to creep, creep.
0: <laughs> well, we had I I I've done a lot of side work, so uh, one one of the jobs I went to and their stage was rusted. Uh, this is when I was younger, so new guy. Uh, yeah. Relatively. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and I had to make money too. So I got to the site. The stage was rusted. They told me, I ended up uh, telling me he had to pay me. Otherwise, I'd bring the ministry to come check out his rigging because he kept telling me how normal it was and how correct it was. But
1: you're just seeing... But yes, yeah,
0: so so he he rushed to come meet me that day, and he gave me a hug, paid me my cash, and he was all happy that. But I, I basically said to him, if you're putting me and others at risk, I can't I can't work like this. But, so he, he even said, you don't worry about tiebacks because you're only going up three stories. And I said, that's,
1: that's thirty feet.
0: Yeah, and I said, excuse rough. me. But because we're talking about the motors, so he had a remote. So I was working with this one guy doing the patching on the balcony, and they had a remote, so it runs both motors, right? Okay. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there, and one side starts going up. And I'm like, what? what? So I run over. I barely hit the stop button on this, and I'm, I'm tripping out. Because yeah. if one side of that goes up. It's a slide. Oh, yeah. You're going to start having some <laughs> failure, right? Probably, right? <laughs> And the guy the guy I'm working with is, ah, don't worry about it. I know about it. And I said, No, no, we have to phone the boss here and let him know and take that out. And he's like, Ah, nah don't worry and so <laughs> Wow and no, no specific accent of any sort there, okay? <laughs> We're not that saying... That was a Chris a pati- accent. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah,
1: don't worry about that. That's interesting, man. So what exactly happened? Phone call was made and it was addressed and it was yeah. taken care of.
0: Well, no, that's that's when I ended up uh, going home, writing them an email or whatever. I can't remember exactly. Well, I mean, good
1: for you because the but, thing is you need to keep a copy of what happened and just notify the problem. Yeah. because if, if it does come up later on, if somebody else gets on that stage and then all of a sudden it becomes... The next ride from wonderland you gotta you know they might question well who else was there <laughs> yeah this week or last, last week or whatever and then you want to speak up because this is these are people's lives man yeah.
0: and it, it gets me really angry especially when people they don't care like they'll, they'll, they'll say don't worry about that procedure
1: that's yeah. dangerous putting
0: people at risk in that sense for a paycheck
1: uh, for yeah. for a scope of work is not worth it
0: and and if people are doing that that's going to reflect also into the work they're doing, the prep they're doing. True. And how much they care about that as well. If you don't care about how you're rigging the lives of people or even just keeping your equipment in good, good working order, I'm pretty sure that's going to move to your work as well.
1: So. It's true. Any other buildings that you can think of off top of your head um, hmm. that you'd like to tackle one day? I'll, ta- I'll tackle them all. <laughs> you'll tackle any so if it comes up your way you're like sure i'll tackle it yeah i would do you'll it, do yeah. your homework before you actually get there and then you'll figure out how to tackle it
0: yeah um i'm sure if it was a crazy building there'd be engineers helping set up the rigging
1: man can you imagine doing maintenance on the burj on which one the burj khalifa oh t- geez jesus oh, geez.
0: yeah I'm- just
1: ask tom cruise to do it huh it's just like that's that must be insane <laughs> i could only imagine
0: I don't even know what to say. Like, like, like I would like to say that I would do that. I don't but think
1: I, I I'll do the first floor.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'll
1: do it from ground level. Give me some scaffolding. But that's got to be a, because that building is eventually going to need maintenance. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. Yeah. They keep talking about it. And I know China. China keeps on talking about these bigger buildings that they're yeah. building. They're always trying to compete globally. We're always just trying to compete. Right. You're building buildings, but they don't last forever. Buildings don't last forever. No. No. so you got to figure out maintenance on that
0: and actually I, I talk about that with people I work with in my trade all the time we look at uh, buildings going up um, and and we just look and we say how are you how are you gonna fix that so it's, it's interesting, you guys it go, it yeah. goes. It, the building will go in and out and then there'll be like a nook here and they'll have all this detail and we'll just be like yeah that's gonna be really fun right? are you
1: talking about that there's that one building off the Gardner... Uh, The diamond glass uh, facade. It's kind of got like pancake pyramids on the side. So the glass are not, there's a wedge to it on one side. Then there's an inside wedge on the bottom side. And each floor is like that.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And
1: then it's also tapered. Yeah. So each of the sides is basically like uh, a series of pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, how are you supposed to maintain that in the future? Especially off the gardener because you could just drive on the gardener oh man
0: actually i know the one you're talking about now. yeah
1: yeah I, I i'm thinking york is it off york or younger
0: uh, it's, it's the one like right in between the y- gardener yeah. like you could basically drive your car yeah, off yeah. right into yeah yeah. yeah
1: that, that and yeah. that's the other thing too i yeah. mean it's just like
0: imagine there's an accident there <laughs> and you're sitting in your office or whatever
1: but i mean we you talk about maintenance it's just as weather and i mean sometimes i'm driving on the gardener for everybody who's not from toronto it's basically a throwery that's like right through the core mm-hmm. and you're elevated and so you're elevated, I don't know, 20, 30 feet or something mm-hmm. like that. The amount of dust and debris and carbon monoxide that's building, am I fair to assume that that's deteriorating any sealants or any weather or anything like that? Would that be happening? Or is it designed differently? I'm not
0: sure um, about how the sealants are affected by pollution. Pollution, basically. It, yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't... I, a, a lot of the times it becomes more... Um, I don't, I don't think there's more failure in sealants or stuff, but um, it's hard to match uh, the colors, right? That's true. Because uh, once your sealant gets old, you, you can clean it and then put the new stuff on. But, but it's, you'll still see it, it. looks completely different, right? right or, at that point,
1: are you asked to remove the whole circumference of the sealant or just doing the sections that need to be you done? Would, you would have
0: to match it as close as possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think Tremco does make, will make custom colors for you, so. So age, they'll age it for you uh, if yeah. you need to, <laughs> Yeah,
1: if something comes up Pretty like much, that. Pretty much, yeah. Um,
0: but, but brickwork and, and stuff like that, um, once pollution changes it, it's it's almost impossible, or just environment, it's almost impossible to color match. Yeah.
1: So I've had so many brickies on the show, and, and that's the first thing they yeah. talk about. They talk about you're asked to fix something that's been weathered. Yeah. And so even if you get the exact same, there was a pallet that was hanging around, it's the exact same brick that was used at the time, it's still never going to match. Yep. So it's difficult. So then you have to become this artisan to age or weather. Mm-hmm. And that's where you come in as well, too. You're doing that as well to, to, to make it look like you're not there. Mm-hmm. What else do we want to know about high maintenance? and
0: um, hmm. That we need more
1: people to get into it. You know what you you and everybody else has the same problem. Everybody's like trying to get into this industry or trying to find people to get into this industry. The other problem that follows that right on its heels is everybody that's getting into the industry wants to be paid seniority money to get into the industry, which is you gotta still pay your dues, I guess, you still got to get your experience, but also these same individuals want to get paid quickly and fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're not paying, then I'll find somebody else that's a dollar more, two dollars more, and I'll go to them. Yep. And then they'll last there maybe a season or maybe a month or two and then move on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of turnover?
0: Generally, I don't see a lot of turnover. Once someone's in, uh, in in the high-rise maintenance, they, they usually stay in it
1: because you've built up the experience right yeah
0: and and what what i like about the high rise maintenance is you're not just a cocker you're gonna you're gonna be doing five or six different trades and that's interesting to me you know like i i would hate to be on a job site where i tie rebar day in and day out (laughs) we talk about this all the time day in and day out framers
1: love what they do (laughs) roofers love what they do like every trade loves what they do but i could never do it Five days, six days a yeah. week.
0: Yeah, it's nice to do different things. Yeah. So. so
1: every day, your day is different every day. Yeah. You yeah. come in and you're prepared, and you've go, okay. This is the scope, and this is what we have to pull yeah. off, and yeah. then you figure it out from there. Extreme weather, you stay down, right? There's yeah. No sense. I,
0: I'm very. Um, it's cautious. A safe. Yeah. 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 I, I'm more cautious than other people. Um, Rightfully so, though, yeah. Chris. I mean, honestly, because I, I don't play with lightning. If there's lightning, I. I I've been in uh, when I was younger. I've been on stages where lightnings happening, and guys are saying, "Oh, it's far away, it's over there, right?" (laughs) You know, and and I'm just like baffled, (laughs) right? Or or I've talked to people even uh, say in the past two years, and they're like, "Oh, your stage is grounded. If you get hit by lightning, nothing's gonna happen." And I'm and I'm just sort of like thinking, like,
1: who are these scientists? (laughs) I don't that that's that's not true.
0: And it's just like. If a lightning bolt, if you got like beams on the roof and it's running down metal suspension lines. And you're attached. Touch, yeah. It, maybe it won't shock you if this person was right. But it's going to probably blow up the line or, you know, do something. Because I've seen a 240 volt when you're lifting up the power cord. So I always drop power cords now. I'll lift up the rope, tie it, and then drop the power cord because they get really heavy on a 40-story. Yes, they do. But I saw a guy pulling it up once, and then it cut on the flashing, and it blew a hole right through the flashing. So I could only imagine what a lightning bolt would do to the equipment, right? 1.8 gigawatts or whatever. I don't know <laughs> what it is,
1: man. But it's just like, yeah. yeah, fair enough, man. If the sky is getting dark and you're seeing a flashlight and it's not an iPhone, someone taking a picture yeah. of some post... Man, shut it down.
0: And so that, and wind. So, but wind, wind is is sort of weird because you could have a 20 kilometer hour gust but just depending on where you are in the building and the way that the wind goes through downtown or through the buildings it could be 40 gusts you know every day you know just depending it can be really windy but you could be on a section of a building where you have you're no wind you're being winds. blocked yeah, yeah, you by it you have no wind so sometimes that is just sort of goes by you know, just experience and riding up, and you know, you can, you can also use the wind meters, right? So that's good for companies to have when the guys go up to check the rigging. You know, it feels really windy, but they don't know. Um, you know, you can look on the weather, but it's not going to tell you exactly. No. So you can pull those out, and it'll tell you your sustain, your gusts, and your sustain wind. Or- Is
1: there a, are there calculations? I'm I'm just I guess assuming if it's a single structure, and the higher you go. The wind increases by a certain count. Cal- I don't know. Um,
0: no, I, 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 I'm not sure about that. Sorry, I shouldn't say no. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, usually anything over 40 gusts, you don't want to go up. Like I said, that's dependent. Like if I'm on a boom, if it's 38 or gusts, I won't go up. It's just at that no-
1: point, that swing stage is actually moving.
0: Uh, Sorry On on like a cherry picker On a
1: cherry picker Yeah Yeah. I I won't
0: go up But on a a stage It's a little different But yeah So the higher the building The more swing you're gonna have
1: You don't want swing there Yeah At all If
0: it's 40 stories And your stage is close to the ground That's where you can swing All over the place But the higher you get up The less swing you're gonna have It's a pendulum
1: at that point man And you're in there working (laughs) Yeah How can you You can't work Because you gotta stay focused On one little area
0: Well see this is uh, For Jack hammering and stuff. A lot of times, you'll install eye bolts and stuff. So you connect and you fix, and then you sort of tie off the stage to it. When it gets really windy, I've been up there and freak gusts come, and it's all about holding on. You know, you do not like the one thing you don't is holding on and getting your stage back to the ground. Right? The one thing you never want with a stage is when one end comes off the wall and the guy can't grab anymore because once that one end comes and it basically gets past a certain point it's either going to spin completely around or you know it's just not good so wow.
1: so you, you like you need spidey senses at that point you're working away you're jackhammering so you're making noise so you can't hear the wind come and then you've got to peripherally feel as if if it's moving yeah then at that point you sense it, you grab something to hold it.
0: You you get really used to it, though. I, I remember my uh, Carolyn, um, I like to say my wife, but she was my common-law, but... She passed away, but, um, Sorry, man. She, yeah, she would always say to me when I was on the bus, it was funny. She goes, why do you move around so much and bob around? And I said, I said, it's cause I'm on the swing stage. I'm used to my feet always moving <laughs> and I just sort of go along with any movements now, whether it's a bus or anything, right? It's just sort of normal, right? <laughs> so, so you're just getting used
1: to the movement, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a- it's
0: like having sea legs, right? On a yeah, boat. Yeah. It's, so.
1: it's funny. It is. It's yeah. pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And you got to be aware of that but how do you teach that to the new person that's coming to the job site?
0: You, you have to be very patient, and I try not to make fun. I make a little bit of jokes, but together... It's uh, still safety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was a, um, one, of, one of my, um, my partners I work that was working on the last project where the, uh, we had to do the parapet because the crane took out the... Uh, he, he didn't want to ride it up the two stories. He's never really been on a stage, Uh, he's done the training and everything and now we're coming through the 35th floor you know and it's scary so you know i said to him i said well you saw the rigging and i said you know and he goes "No, no i don't want to go up and i said okay that's fine and can't force somebody
1: i mean because then they might put themselves in a in an awkward situation right and you
0: you have to be fair to people right it's not about pushing them and you know They're not gonna trust me too much if I force him to do something that they're fearing they're gonna lose her life, right? (laughs) That's
1: the last thing you you know. You don't need that much more stress on top of what's already going on. You need to be laser focused.
0: So, so he he saw the other guy come in, ride it up. He saw the other guy come in and ride it down. And next time when we're on the ground and it's a smaller building, he'll probably feel comfortable to ride that. But general generally he's the bobcat and heavy machine operator. So he has his own skills anyways, <laughs> right? So yeah.
1: Chris, this is this has been good to talk, man. We're not wrapped up just yet. I mean, did we cover everything for high rise maintenance and your trade? I'm trying to think of. I know that it's probably all a big blur right now for you and other than almost i should have did the podcast on a swing stage <laughs> yeah. that would have been challenging we, 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 we could do that actually <laughs> that would be entertaining yeah. to do it'd be a lot of
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: there would be a lot of win, but i mean this has been great thanks so much for sharing so much man like yeah. a lot of guys don't know a lot of girls don't know about this industry this side of the industry
0: i i have a lot of respect for you manny um
1: there's one or two out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when, when I first saw you, it was uh, your Facebook page and you had this marketing to where you were like turning everyone in the ice and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was way back. Yeah. And I just thought this guy is so modern and like this <laughs> Thanks, guy man. knows what he's doing. This guy's smart. And then and then I saw you on Instagram, the construction life like you've never stopped. So I, I really appreciate you Thanks, uh, inviting man. me to be on the show. No, no, no.
1: You, this is great. I, 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 I like that compliments. I like what people are saying about the show. I like that. I, I sense that guests that come on, on the show, they really want to open up. And I love that every guest that comes on the show is proud of what they do. Yeah. And that pride, I love being across from that pride. I love absorbing it that, and then just appreciating it. And I have a huge amount of respect for anybody that's in the construction industry and just what they do for us. And everybody's been positive, man, yeah. which is huge. And I think you have to continue that. I'd love to see trades going back into high schools. I'd love to see more of the principals and the guidance counselors suggesting trades for more people more students because i think that's a viable option for a lot of kids out there Mm -hmm. and there's a lot and there's there's lots there's lots of different jobs in the construction industry you know whether it be residential or commercial or industrial there's lots of really well-paying well-deserved satisfying positions it's
0: good money now it's it's, great money you you know know, you can make a hundred thousand eighty a hundred thousand dollars a year so so. can
1: you imagine being a 20 year old like 25 30 getting into the industry and Listen to yourself, like yep. listen to you guys and everybody else has been on the show, or other people that are on uh, social media, and believe what they're saying. Ignore the filters. You know what I mean? It's just like everyone wants to make it look as if it's perfect, but it's not perfect, yep. man. I'm sure that you know you've been talking highly about what you do, and I'm sure there's days that you're probably up there and you're freezing or you're oh, wet yeah. and you're cold <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to be here. Yep. But I still got to figure this out, and then we'll get it done. And maybe the day's an hour shorter because I just had enough today, and I want to get out. But then you come back the next day, yep. guns a-blazing, ready to go, and you solve it. And that's 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 what I think the show does, and that's what I want to try to capture from other people talking about it. So I appreciate you bringing that up, man. I'm totally fine. Yeah. I wanna. Do you wanna talk about crypto? Because I, I don't know much. If you wanna share. Um.
0: I. More or less, uh, there's a lot of media stuff coming out about cryptos that is really trying to scare people away. No doubt. So I definitely think cryptos are here to stay. They're going to be here for the future. Uh, people talk about uh, power outages and uh, losing everything because of that, or solar flare. But I think you know when you're using blockchain uh, and your ledger is all across the world, it's going to be hard to really wipe that out. So I'm I'm not too worried about that. I would suggest that people invest. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor, but to put in like a thousand dollars or something into, you know, XRP, Cardano, these are all cryptocurrencies that have a utility to them. Uh, So if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin really doesn't have a utility except to send and receive money. Bitcoin basically is just the fact of sending money back and forth. Ethereum, which is another coin, it has utility to it. So what that means is you can build your own tokens or custom, they call it a DAP. So instead of an application like an app, it's a DAP, so a decentralized application. Okay. But you can build stuff on it. So when you bring utility to cryptocurrencies, this is where it gets really interesting. One of them, uh, ADA Cardano, they're using their, their blockchain to help uh, students in Africa all get their IDs for school to have connections to banks. Uh, for the first times in their life and this will all be done on the blockchain so there's a lot of really good utility to cryptos and if you look around you hear a lot of negative stuff in the news about it but if you're really researching it all the big people are buying it and investing in it so you sort of got to look out why is every all these hedge funds and other people buying it? Why is it
1: getting such traction on those levels there?
0: Yeah. I know
1: Julio works for me. He actually gave me a book on blockchain. He's like, give this a read because this is the origin, I guess, of it, where yeah. it all got started yeah. and how it all got started. And it's not that I, I'm not saying I dismiss it. I just don't know about it. I don't know enough about it for me to form an opinion about it. So, I want to read that book. And that's why I was curious to ask you about it, because you're right. I definitely think that in the future, the way we pay for things, the way we buy things, it has to change. It has to evolve, no different than cars and whatever the things at homes, everything evolves. So, this is, uh, I think it's here to stay, to be honest. But it's just, I think more and more people need to get through all the noise, the white noise out there. To really understand what it's all about and then you can make a decision. It's no different than investing on anything else. You just don't throw your money in the wind yeah. and go here, put it on Put it on black, put it on red, put it on noise. You can do that and some people make that for a living. But the thing is when it comes to investing, you actually want to educate yourself yeah. and try to figure out where is the best place for me to put my dollar. And if it's crypto, then be a crypto. I do know that it was recently, maybe about four months ago, there's a construction company in Toronto that is offering their clients payment in crypto. Oh, that's awesome. They're the first, from what I understand, and I don't know if they've actually made a transaction, but they're offering it to clientele. Mm -hmm. So if you start seeing something like that happening in construction in a local area, like in Toronto, you gotta wonder, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you gotta start wondering about it. So I mean, how far away are we from purchasing vehicles or purchasing a house eventually? And all that stuff, right? Well,
0: um, like um, the Mavericks owner, what's his name? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, yeah. Um, he has uh, Doge connected to uh, his Maverick site, so that's that's been for I think over a year now. And
1: isn't that what Elon purchased a lot of? Yeah, he or was he
0: doing something? Elon not- uh, really <laughs> screws up the crypto world because he can make people lose and gain a lot of money real fast just by talking. Some what nonsense. he does, right? Yeah, so, I, I know.
1: He was on a Rogan show, smoked the joint, his stock dropped. It's just like yeah, and yeah. then he says something about Deutsche, and all of a sudden something drops.
0: People get pretty upset with him in the crypto world. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, you have to be very careful because like the the Securities Commission wants to, you know, regulate, regulate. And you're going to hear all the horror stories like there's one site I go to and it's called PooCoin. 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 P-O-O? Yeah, because P-O-O because and it's actually the image of a poo and they have their own coin, too, you can invest in. But what it is, is it's an actual um, DeFi, so decentralized exchange. Really? Uh, for all the meme coins. Uh, well, where you can trade meme coins without doing verification and everything else that's generally needed.
1: That's sketchy.
0: The very sketchy. After Shiba Inu and some of these other meme coins came out, there was like a 200,000 coins made. And what what they call them are rug pulls. So people will get the liquidity, they'll start the token, the contracts will be done in a way that your average person, unless they really know what they're doing, won't see that the liquidity can be pulled out by a certain user and they basically just take the money and run. And, and, you know, no one's really going to do anything about it with the government.
1: Is it the fear, I guess, of the Wolf of Wall Street kind of thing where people are seeing an image of something going on with white collar individuals and they get a little reserved by it is that what the fear is going on the uncertainty i guess uh, like you just said the
0: uncertainty of, of cryptos yeah yeah that's yeah. what it is right definitely i've been really smart with computers my whole life but it was uh, i i thought it was a pyramid scheme so it when was, it first came out well even until last last christmas that's oh, really? that's when i finally said i'm gonna look into this what is this and i Basically, have spent at least five hours a day, well, give or take, uh, since Christmas, every day. Just doing your homework. Just doing my homework, watching YouTubers talk about it, understanding what DeFi is, understanding candle closing, and, you know, um, I have no idea what that is. Five minute trading, okay. and, you know, and all this stuff, uh, staking. So this is uh, one thing about cryptos is you can buy a stable, somewhat stable crypto. And you can stake it and you'll make more percentage than what the bank offers you on your checking account or whatever, way more. Yeah. And this is what's really scaring the bankers and what's scaring governments, I think. That's why China came out with their, their yuan, their digital currency, and they're trying to get rid of, well, they've made it illegal for Bitcoin. And um, in China it used to be one of the biggest miners of Bitcoin in the world. And now they've made it illegal. It's illegal for any cryptos to be available in China right now because they, they, they want their own digital currency. Well, I
1: mean, when you've got 1.8 billion people of the population of this planet, there's a lot of influence there. Yeah. Huge
0: amount of influence, right? This, the scariest thing about that was they sold a lot of that mining equipment to, to Canada. Uh, Which is great, right, for the miners here and everything else. But at the time, if if they really wanted, because they had close to 51, not 51%, but pretty, they could have put in a huge effort and probably actually crashed Bitcoin. Because if you have 51 or 52% of the miners, that's when you can start to alter the ledger. Right. Because because you're the uh, those miners are the verifications basically. Right. But isn't
1: that the same potential if you get someone like an Elon or a Bezos and they can control 51 or 52 percent of it, then they can do that same action as well. Is that the potential there?
0: Yes, but generally uh, they're not going to steal from you. Right. uh, they'll make more money
1: that, that's what it is i think everybody just needs to do their own homework and just try to figure out the best route for it the best route yeah. but i i agree with you that it's it's not going anywhere no. it's it's here for good and it's just a matter of trying to figure out what the future is going to be like 10 years from now
0: oh well look at el salvador right um what's one reason why they would want uh bitcoin And it's pretty apparent because if they have the U.S. dollar, they can have sanctions put on them, right, by by other countries. If they have Bitcoin... There's no sanctions, and this is what's starting, to, I guess, to scare a lot of people in the world. Is because you have you have a cryptocurrency that can be tracked. People say it's untraceable. It's not. It's not how it is. Who's who's watching it to pay taxes? Or what? What if oil isn't bought with uh, the U.S. dollar anymore? What if it's bought with Bitcoin? And the Middle East or somewhere goes to doing something like that, that could devalue the U.S. dollar just like that. Right?
1: Is it? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out. Is it? the fear of each country being so self sustainable that they're not part of the entire global collective.
0: the funny thing is is with cryptos it almost brings the world together in a way. Okay. It's
1: an interesting talk. I mean, it's just I want to talk a little bit about it for just because I know you brought it up and and I was like it's never been discussed, but I know that Anybody that's in construction is also investing and thinking about the future, whether you're investing to buy back into your business. So if you want to buy more machinery, expand your business, buy an office or whatever and hire more staff, you have to look at all these options out there. I know that in the next week or two, I've got someone coming in. We're going to be talking about mortgages and investment. And I want to bring in more people because, like we said, this career, the construction industry is a great opportunity to make a lot of money. First thing that you do when you make a lot of money, if you're smart, is you start investing wisely with it. You can go the whole glamorous life and start spending money, all kinds of stuff like that, but that's not very smart. You want to actually start investing properly and then having that money grow into a massive nest egg for your retirement. And then hopefully you get out of construction a lot sooner than you planned on getting in. But you've left, like you said at the beginning of the show, Chris, you left your mark. And you've educated new people and you've left a, a great mark for so people can be respectful and want to take it to the next level and they learn your lessons and they learn new lessons and then they yep. may pass it on. Yep. This whole industry is about paying a forward. That's yep. all it is. So if we're all in this, we should be as tradespeople aware of investing considering Bitcoin, considering this, considering that, and looking at your portfolio. 100%. That's all it is. So it's just in the future, I'm going to have more shows about that. Maybe what we do is, Chris, and maybe early next year, Let's do a show about crypto and then let's yep. get into more of the nitty gritty and you can better prepare. Because I just I, I, yeah. I threw a curveball at you. right? No, no, I would definitely totally. be better. There's so yeah. much to
0: talk about. Yeah, that and that's what I and I'd love to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: totally would love to talk about it and share that information because then, I mean, this whole show is about making people think. That's all it is. So yep. if they want to consider it and maybe they don't know all the right information and, and the World Wide Web has got so much crap out there that you don't know. You just don't know what is good or what is
0: bad. Well, and, and it's just like if you go on the Robin Hood app or something yeah. like that, yep. that could be a a good way to start. But, but generally, I don't like that because uh, if you're buying Ethereum or something on one of those apps... You're not actually owning that crypto. No, it's going back to that you have a piece of paper of somebody else's crypto. But if you went onto an exchange and you bought that crypto, put it onto a USB uh, Nano Ledger, which is a um, like a hardware wallet, right? That would be yours. That is actually physically yours and it's secure. Yeah, I get upset when it, everyone else is always trying to control so they can take a, a percentage. Like with Robinhood, you don't. You don't own that right somebody else owns it and i don't know i i think that sort of defeats the purpose of cryptos and you know it's about opening up investing to everybody like the wall street bets with the yeah. amc and stuff yeah. right got yeah. people really upset generally they don't want your retail investor or your mom and dad or people at home you know investing like that this the st-
1: which is ironic because that's how the nations were built yeah well that's yeah. how the north american nations yeah. were built they were built by those small mom and pop. Yep. Here's our life savings. Put it into IBM. Yeah. Put it into something safe and secure. Yep. Amazon. And, and it turned into something massive. And then all of a sudden you've got nobodies that are retiring as yep. millionaires. Yep. Right. So, yeah, there's there's a lot more to talk about it. But, I mean, Chris, I really appreciate you being on the show. i got one last segment for you. My pleasure. The 12 questions. I just wanted to let everybody know again. So, Chris from Hardwork Canada, at Hardware Canada on Instagram. You guys will enjoy his content because the guy's always got a great view. And he's working for Excel Construction. It's at Excel with an X-C-E-L Construction. And also, I totally forgot your email. If anybody's got any questions, you don't mind them reaching out to you. No, go, go ahead. Chris Clary. Yeah chris clary so it's clary c-l-a-r-r-y chris at hotmail.com
0: I, I still have one of those old hotmail accounts i have a gmail <laughs> but i just can't get rid of that hotmail
1: <laughs> i don't know if i have a hotmail i have a gmail one because it's got to get connected to youtube yeah. yeah youtube forces you to have a gmail yeah. one all right the final 12 questions here. you ready for this oh
0: is it going to be like how i had to sing at the start no
1: no, no. no. this is right. easy <laughs> what is your favorite construction word
0: jeez i thought this <laughs> i thought this was supposed to be easy um it's funny
1: like lately a lot of people have been having a hard time with the first question thinking what is my favorite construction word any word at all anything that
0: jo- Nothing? job complete <laughs>
1: job. that works what is your least favorite construction word
0: get her done there bud <laughs> what
1: turns you on in construction
0: fixing people's problems
1: what turns you off in construction
0: crappy attitudes
1: what is your favorite curse word
0: my favorite curse word fuck
1: go to what is your favorite vehicle could be
0: anything well, I'm just gonna go with my uh, my electric scooter I have right now that's modified to hit like 50 kilometers an hour. Just uh, well, how'd
1: you modify it?
0: I, that's I uh, bought it like that. Someone else modified it. I think they're only supposed to go 32 kilometers an hour, so yeah. it's highly illegal. And hopefully, nobody <laughs> hears about this. So. They'd have to find you first. <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle? Oh, the Rangers. The those, Rangers. Those Ford uh, Rangers. Those small trucks because it's. Well, know it's like about. you always see a big guy that looks like he can barely fit in the thing. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm totally joking around. A truck's a truck. If it <laughs> helps you get the work done, that's good. But I just think sometimes they look like the little like Shriners cars, like, you know, the go-karts sort of. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Oh, the sound of when I uh, dropped the sausage into the uh, caulking gun. As I go? Yeah, it
1: is a cool sound. It totally is a cool sound. What sound or noise do you hate?
0: I hate I hate all the all the noises. I hate the jackhammering. I hate just noise. I huh? hate how loud the machine is. If you know, you could like put the put silencers
1: on it or something. Put yeah, dampening yeah. sounds or something. Yeah. You
0: know, I I I, I think the I, older we get, I've gotten used to it, right? It's just part of the job. But uh, yeah. What
1: profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day?
0: A financial advisor.
1: <laughs> we need more of them. I'm just kidding because I said earlier <laughs> I'm, not a I'm not a financial advisor. advisor. Uh, what profession would you not like to do?
0: Probably be uh, a police officer or like a doctor right now. I don't. Tough. I think they have a pretty hard time right for now. For the
1: last two years, yeah. tough. It's been tough. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: Everybody's here waiting for you. Nice
1: nice chris thanks so much for being on the show man yeah I really appreciate pleasure. it. thank you for checking out here and honestly making the time to sit down this is talk. fabulous thanks man i really appreciate it so everyone again please reach out or check them out on instagram uh, hardwork canada excel construction clary c-l-a-r-r-y chris at hotmail.com that's it man that's it we're out of here any last thought nothing good
0: um just that i'm gonna download some more of your podcasts and listen to them over the weekend so
1: <laughs> check them out listen to them matt appreciate and it and
0: i'll be sending this link to my mom so she can listen
1: that'll be amazing i'm sure she'll enjoy it i love you, it. mom <laughs> thank you everybody take care talk to you soon